As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast listeners, welcome back. This is Khalil Wanda. This is Agard. What up? Yo, big up to niceupradio.com. All the listeners listening on live on Monday and throughout the weeks and months as you're hearing this on any podcast platform. Yo, if you're hearing the sound of our voices we appreciate you yeah man definitely appreciate it thank you very much yeah man got a special presentation again from the archives of the show this week we touched on a topic that really spawned a lot of comments online a lot of people were interested in the opinions that were shared um, we talk about the new music of jamaica mm-hmm. and some trends started a couple of years ago which continue now with just genre bending and breaking stuff you know things coming out of jamaica that are any any anything you want to call it from jazz to blues rhythm and blues pop edm electro even trap dance hall trap or whatever yeah neo soul all that yeah man so everything that one of the interesting opinions shared by uh, agard was that genres are just dead now it's completely irrelevant yeah, man. And I, I, I still stick behind that that uh, perspective. I think that look look at what record labels are coming out and saying right now that they're going to do a rebranding of, quote unquote, the urban <laughs> genre, whatever that means. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think a lot of genres are definitely um, random. That's 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 my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I mean, yo, I would love to see not that I listen to radio. But I just have a problem with the urban radio programming. Yeah, man, saying. all of that, you know, <laughs> and and even I, I don't know, I can't remember if we spoke about it in this this episode, but referring to Jamaican music as Jamaican music, you know what I mean? Like that's what it is, you know. It, you know, we we've had the debate of, debate of reggae versus dancehall. Jamaican music is Jamaican music, <laughs> even if it's sung by somebody other than a Jamaican. It's Jamaican music. True, true. So yeah, that's the type of argument that we have on this episode. And in the beginning, you know, you'll hear me go through some history 
So this is really good for people who are new to reggae music or maybe started listening more recently and didn't really know about what came before, right? So I very briefly and concisely take you through uh, a history of the genres to have come out of Jamaica, of which there's so many now. And then we bring it current and talk about the music that was really seen as uh, sensational and um, very exciting, the music of today. I think that, that covers it all. So enjoy the episode. On today's show, we're going to talk about the genres of music that comes out of Jamaica. We've touched on this in previous shows, of course, but today we're going to talk about how many genres are there. You know, some people say there's four, some say five, some say eight, and some say either one of those and then several subgenres, which that's a fact, you know what I mean, of music that comes out of Jamaica. We're going to do a brief history, and then we're going to talk about what's going on now. You know, our good friend Walshi Fire, who is a member of the group Major Laser, one of the major producers on the scene in the last 10 years, last 20 years, and selector. You know, he's recently was quoted as saying that he believes that we're on the verge of creating a new Jamaican genre right now. So we're going to get into that, but let's take it all the way back to the to the roots of the thing, all right? So you guys know, or you may know, that Jamaica had an original genre of music that was kind of acoustic-based, um, just live bands playing the banjo and some other simple instruments, and that was like in during colonial times, starting in actually in the 1940s and in the early 1950s. And this is called by some people Jamaican Calypso. It's very similar to Calypso, but Calypso is more the Trinidadian. And the Jamaican Calypso is known as Mento. Jamaica's original music that was actually recorded and stuff that's mento and then mento gave away to gave way to ska ska came in at about the early 1960s right when Jamaica gained independence at 1962 and that's when ska really just exploded and a lot of Jamaicans really um really grasped onto ska because they felt like it was their own, like their first music after, you know, post-colonialism. And that was, uh, you know, very up-tempo, very, um, you know, kind of like similar to a lot of the music in America at the time as well. At that point, you know, you had ska bands. Of course, the Scatolites come to mind. Um, Prince Buster comes to mind as some of the iconic figures in ska. Yeah, and ska is kind of like a da- the first dance music for Jamaica, I would say. Similar to like swing. Right, right. Definitely a party music, up-tempo beat, fast dancing, you're going to sweat, 
you know, people getting properly dressed up and yeah, some acrobat. I've seen some very acrobatic ska <laughs> dance moves on on recorded video from back then. So that's pretty cool. And that music transplanted over to to England and really took off and grew legs in the United Kingdom as well. So you got like about a five year solid run of ska music before Rocksteady in 1967 when the beat of the ska tune started to slow down and as the beats slow down, you know, you have what's called rock steady. Now, rock steady only lasted like two years really 1967 by mid 1968 a new genre had come in and that's the genre known now as reggae so the the term reggae uh credited to toots from toots and the metals who had a song you know do the reggae i think it was a dance That was like the early reggae period, 1967 to 1970 is like early reggae period. So it's still, you still hear, it's still like very much murky and, you know, it's not a clear separation between rock steady, reggae, and even ska still, you know what I mean? But then by 1970, reggae, I think really became established. So now at the same time, dance hall, there were dance halls in Jamaica, sound systems in Jamaica, and MCs in Jamaica that, well, I wouldn't say MCs. You had selectors back then, disc jockeys who would play records, right? This coincided with the start of dub music. And what dub music was, was producers like King Tubbies would remove the vocals from a track or remove parts of the vocal and those spaces that were left gave opportunity for selectors that were holding the microphone to start filling in the space with jive talking and you know, what's called as toasting, using their vocals over these rhythm tracks, over these versions. So that whole thing gave rise to dub. So now you have B-sides of all types of records coming out, producers experimenting and getting like really wild and crazy with it. That's dub music, which ever since 1967 till the present day. And dub itself has spawned tons of musical genres. Definitely refer to, okay, episode 126, which is Dancehall versus Reggae. And what's the other one we talked about, Dub, a lot? 
Well, I know you had an actual dub mix that you did. Yeah, I, I did a dub mix, but I did actually several dub mixes because I did um a League Scratch Perry mix, Reggae Lover episode 20. I think episode 21 was an Augustus Pablo mix. And then in last this past uh, season, there was a dub mix, which featured classic and new dub. That's episode 120. So definitely check those out for reference on dub music. And then we talked about it in the influence of reggae, uh, episode 133, where we talked about a lot about the global different genres, the different effects of reggae. But dub played a major part in that, um, you know, EDM and house music and all that. Everything that you're hearing right now. Um, okay, so jump back to the timeline. Okay, so reggae is fully classic reggae, 1970 all the way to 1980, I'd say. And in the late 70s is when the style, the dance hall style and the rubber dub style became popular. So you always had singers, but the MCs, AKA DJs, AKA artists that were rapping and rhyming over rhythms as opposed to singing. They got really popular in the late seventies. And one of the things that really became a part of the reggae sound was Nyabingi, which was Rasta, you know, Rastafarianism, the rise of, of, of the Rasta movement from 1966 or so when Selassie visited the island of Jamaica through 1977 which was when the year that the two sevens clashed the year that Marcus Garvey prophesied that what what was it was it going to be the end of the world or you know more than me man well you know there's a song by culture yeah the two two sevens When the two sevens clash and Marcus Garvey said this and that. So Rastafari, Nyabingi, which was like ritual drumming, African drumming. That sound was infused with reggae music. And then you had Roots music, which was more like what Cox and Dodd was producing a lot of in his Studio One label. And then you had Duke Reed at, over at Treasure Isle, who stayed more secular with it. And it was a lot more love songs, music talking about, you know, love and, and non-spiritual, non-political subject matter. So pretty interesting stuff, really all good music. But, you know, those two labels were kind of rivals in a sense. And they kind of ran that decade of the 70s, which is just, you know, one of my favorites, <laughs> um, that classic reggae period. So then now we talked about dance hall coming around, people starting to DJ 79, 80, all the way to like 82, 83 as rubber dub style. And rubber dub comes from 
the heavy swinging dub, the drum and bass, that's very well suited for dancing. There are a few different people that had a few different definitions of rub-a-dub. But in like in the sound system sense, rub-a-dub was when as a sound system is playing out, selectors would play a song, then flip to the B side of the record where the dub or the version is there and they let that run for a while and let artists come to the microphone and chant and sing over the rhythm and then go back to another new song let that song play then flip it over for the dubwise version so the artist can again come up and entertain the crowd live i just rubber dub we play you see me yeah and we love you every time each and every time we love you and we never let you go no matter what they say or do but all we love you say nothing not gonna fight against no Babylon but I'm fight against no soldier man no we not gonna fight against no policeman cause we don't fight just fast man so that's the rubber dub period AKA the beginning of dancehall, but I'd say dancehall really jumped off in 1983 and really exploded in 1985 with the first electronic rhythm starting to come out. Yeah, I mean, I would add to it um, the rubber dub period. That's when, you know, um, I think a lot of people associate that with what they call water pumpy, you know. <laughs> um, I guess. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I guess whining, you know, like even when the DJs are toasting or whatever you with your significant other, your woman, and, you know, it's a slow dancing type of situation, you know, um, I would also add to it that, you know, dub was at the forefront of technology, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the heavy echo plates, you know, at first it was analog, you know, of course we have now digital echoes and reverbs and all this, these things, but then, you know, what dub, the dub period, they're experimental, uh, experimenting with a lot of that stuff, analog, you know, reverbs and, and delays and echoes and all these different things, um, which was what led into, like you said, the, the, the age of computer rhythms, you know, starting off with King Jammies, you know? Exactly. So Jammies, Sling Ting Rhythm, 1985, and that just really ushered in electronic dance hall. So like we argued in dance hall versus reggae, it's in my opinion, it's one genre, but to many people around the world, dance hall is a different genre. And it's replacing the instrumentation of live musicians with computerized instrumentation, essentially. Yeah, and while you're going down that timeline, I actually have an idea that I'm gonna I'm gonna pose to you a little bit later, along the lines of the distinctions between reggae versus dancehall and whatever this new time is. But go ahead. Okay, yeah, no, and I just wanted to say the the water pumping that you mentioned, it, you know, Johnny Osborne had a song called Water Pumping on um, released by King Jammies, nineteen eighty three.
Definitely a good song to rock and swing and hold your darling and do the water pumping. You know, you had a lot of songs for um, particular dance moves. And that was one that kind of characterized that period. Yeah. And speaking of, of dances, I feel like when dance hall came in, you know, there was still the whole whining and all of that. But I feel like that was the start of um, individual dancing in a sense. You know, you had the skank, you know. Like that type of thing where where the rude boys would try to, you know, do a skank and certain things, you know? And you mean as a distinction from partner dancing? Right, exactly. Man and woman exactly. Coupling up. Yeah, so it started a little bit more stylistic to where it wasn't necessarily you and your partner dancing to a rhythm. It was like you started making up dances to go with the rhythms as they started to speed up as well, because that's another characteristic of dance hall. And, and that was uh, when, yeah, DJs would come up with songs to go along with the latest dance trends. We've reached to dance hall, which pretty much brings us to present day, right? Now, dance hall is the popular music of Jamaica. And in recent times, let's say 2014, 2015, you know, to present, there was a movement that became known as the reggae revival. Many point to protege. Uh, many people, um, among other artists, point to protege as as the leader. Uh, some refer to Chronics as the leader of this reggae revival, and it's basically just in a time that's dominated by dancehall. Now you have young artists that were apparently paying homage to the roots of the music. And they were taking it back, really infusing a lot of elements from the original rhythms of the 70s and, you know, including the Naya Bingi drumming and things like that. But one thing that you'll notice if you listen to their music is that they're also incorporating modern elements it's like you're hearing computerized elements you're also hearing live instruments as well in combination um and agard you're a producer so you probably have some more technical verbiage for this you know what i mean but um and there's a producer uh winter james who produced a lot of chronics stuff you know he took a lot of like aini kamozi rhythms from the 80s and refreshed them and redid them with the, with the modern instrumentation you know but just still including the very rough heavy drum and bass and these are the type of tracks that um that chronics and jesse royal kabaka pyramid and protege were using and performing over um and we had talked about rory from stone love who became a producer himself and has his own label called Black Dub. I'm pretty amazed at Rory's production. I'm not going to lie. So so I'm going to say something that might be controversial to some. Some may disagree with it. But um, the thing about music in Jamaica for a while, it was very, you know, I think the reggae revival was an answer to a lot of dance hall 
centric, you know, for lack of a better term, dance hall centric music, you know what I'm saying? For a long time, that righteousness, you know, not to say it, it had left, but there was a lot of like, for lack of a better word, stale, <laughs> you know, conscious music. You know, it wasn't young. You know, a lot of the artists that were... You said stale, conscious not, music? I'm not saying stale. All right. Let's just put... I, I'm going to put it a different way. No, lot, I mean, yo, don't... You don't got to... All right. If that's right. how you feel, that's how That's how I feel because, because a lot of the conscious artists, I believe, were, you know, they started out in the 90s, you know? Right. And, right. and some, some newer artists, even in the early 2000s, by the time you got to 2013 or 14, you know, their careers had already stalled. But that's not even what I'm I'm trying to say. So, you know, being that Europe and Japan, Asia, but mainly Japan and some parts of like Southeast Asia, they never lost that that roots type of element in their music. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of those artists, those local artists in Japan and in Europe were still making roots style music, you know, and as they were making that type of music, it was evolving. And I feel like in Jamaica, they weren't paying attention to that necessarily. It, to me, it had stalled. And I feel like some of the elements that are added back into the reggae revival were actually you know, those producers, I think, paying attention to elsewhere in the world. You know, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's just my opinion, just being an observer. So you, are you saying the reggae revival producers were paying attention to the global reggae? Yeah, music? some okay, of okay, them. Okay, I'm, I'm just, just trying I'm to just saying, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think so, because when you check it, just like us as sound men, you know, right now with the, in the age of the internet, everything's global. You know, and with the sound system culture, there's a lot of rhythms and a style of cutting dubs that came about because and, and is popularized because of the Internet. Right. We get ideas. And I feel like some of that, the same thing happened for reggae revival. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not I'm not attributing that to the reemergence of conscious reggae from the young people. I'm just saying that now that things are a lot more globalized, there's influences coming from other places right. where I think Jamaica, it was kind of stuck on the one drop thing for us. Conscious reggae was one drop. So when you have protege come in and chronics come in, even though they're relicking rhythms, you know, a lot of their new stuff or, or somebody like Kabaka pyramid, you know, they're, or, or even Junior Gang, they're introducing hip hop elements. They're introducing a lot of other elements that still, you no, know, that is the reggae revival. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, there, 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 I'm sure there's some truth to what you're saying, and because um, I, what I, what comes to mind, okay, is I, I think of that period from the year 2000 to the year 2010. All right. We call that what the 2000s, right? That's the decade known as the 2000s. Early 2000s was the height of dance hall. Sean Paul, Wayne Wanda, all these guys all over your MTV and you know what I mean? Like your magazines and your TV and your internet, right? Um, the height of dance hall crossover. Yeah, the height of dance hall crossover. But don't, don't get it twisted. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like in Europe, 
in Japan, in America, and in a lot of other places, you know what I'm saying, outside of the Caribbean, I'm talking. At that time, promoters of reggae and dancehall were making the most money. At that time, you would hear the most reggae in a mainstream club. Any club you go to, you're hearing the longest dancehall segments at that time, um, like ever. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like there were more people signing on, logging on. You know, you have Elephant Man, speaking of log on. Um, you know, there was a legit dance hall craze. That's when the dancers, Ding Dong and Ravers and um, Weddy Time and, you know, Bogle, like that's when everything just went nuts. Um, and no matter your skin color or your language that you speak, everybody was signaling the plane. And you know what I'm saying? Everybody knew what that was, like everybody. Um, right. So after that, it started a decline. There's a decline after that. Now, at that same time, now, after the 90s, the type of reggae music in terms of one drop, culture, and lover's rock, it did take a dip. Um, it did. You know, I remember when Don Corleone started making one drop rhythms, you know, and he had like Sean Paul and Wayne Wonder and some of the artists started coming out, like Elaine, for example, um, were in a lot of his, his rhythms. Um, you know, Morgan Heritage. I, I believe T.O.K. had a... F- yeah, T.O.K. Yeah, T.O.K. Drop Leaf Rhythm, mm-hmm. Jack Cure, um, you know, had a few songs and he was still in jail. And, you know, so those Don Corleone rhythms is what I referred to that time. Where like, that was the, the... Those were the best one-drop songs from that little period coming out of Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? And every... Thing like if it was getting played, it had a similar sound. Matter of fact, I mean, he produced a lot of the rhythms that were dominant at that time, and there wasn't much else, you know. At you know, at that point, like Luciano, the singers that emerged, you know, that's when Sizzla's music changed. Um, Capleton was in Fire Time, Sizzla was in Fire Time, you know what I'm saying? It was just very fast, very hype, bun out everything. You know what I'm saying? But not singing on the one drop rhythms as much anymore. Um, people like, I mean, Bushman is one of the artists that actually emerged at that time. And, um, you know, eventually like Queen Africa. You know, I'm just, I'm talking specific artists now. Because what, what also took place at that time was a transition where vinyl went out. CDs came in. And then CDs lasted for a few years and they went out. And then Final Scratch came in, which was starting to play off of laptops. So during that time, yeah, just like how certain DJs and sound systems didn't make the cut, didn't make the transition or struggle to, it seems like artists and producers also just struggled at that time. And it was at that time that rhythms started coming out of Europe, like Pow Pow sound from Germany, for example, they had started producing rhythms um, and some other labels out of, especially Germany and France, they started putting out rhythms that were filled with like the new fire um, culture artists at that time, Fifth Element Crew, Richie Spice and Chuck Fender came out, you know, Anthony Cruz. And, and that they were like, there was only a handful. It was just that crew. It was just that crew. It was just Don Call Your Own Rhythms. And that was what Jamaica was right, doing. And, then- and um, you know, eventually Egyptian came out with the, 
serious time and you know there was not a whole lot going on for that music for and i can tell you i, I put out that mixtape sizzling sizzling was like the last mixtape that i did that was a vinyl mix and in order to compile that mix it took like it, it was almost like a difficult arduous task you know that was like some of the last visits to the record store right there and i had like a lot of music for a long period of time collected to produce that mix and um and there's a lot of music that you can't find anywhere now because it's not even on digital <laughs> um that was like the end of a particular era man like early 2000s so i went off on a long tangent there but the point is that a revival was needed <laughs> definitely definitely but even though you you mentioned pow pow and then th this, that was also the emergence of another german producer uh junior blender who did a lot of like major lasers production you know helped them with their albums you know what i'm saying but junior blender like what i remember of him is he was making like reggae remixes to like bruno mars and you know what I'm saying? Like Katy Perry and, and Beyonce and Rihanna. You know what I mean? So everything. Right. But but, but he did like Motown. Yeah. He did Michael Jackson. He did like tons of them. So what I'm saying is like those producers who are out there in Europe, that's what they were hype off of. You know what I'm saying? And I think conversely in Jamaica to me up until the most recent times like now you have russian and other people right that are making a lot of money but the last hype producer um that i could think of that people are excited about after don carleon was uh stephen mcgregor you know what i'm saying because then he made you know yeah. anger management and all those rhythms right um but then even like there was there was a lull for dancehall and there was a lull for one drop conscious music all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm just backing up your point to where it's like, hey, we they there was need for a reggae revival, and when the reggae revival took off, dancehall was still in a lull, you know, because Vibes Cartel was arrested and you know what I'm saying, Buju was in jail. You know, and there was no leadership in dancehall. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm -hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations and these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Pita, Bunny, the incidents happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover 
And there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car, if I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Buju went in jail, like, what, 2012, 2011? When did Cartel, I think Cartel still, he was going through trials and stuff like that. He didn't get his actual um, conviction yet. But it was, like, shortly after that 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 happened. But there's something about when Cartel came out, you know, that's when I feel like music wasn't as strong. And so he he just stood out like so much <laughs> because of his advanced, uh, you know, wordplay and and skills with the lyrics. Um, in addition to some of the things that he did outside of the music, which went along with the trend that we see today of hype, you know, hype and you know, using the internet and social media and stuff like that. He was he was all over that. You know, he really pioneered a lot of the stuff that's going on today. Um, with the whole Clark's thing, you know what I mean? The controversy, the good and the bad of it, you know? Um, so now we have the reggae revival. You know, you have like the Roots Man Rhythm from Winter James uh, with which was a original Aini Kamozi song from the 80s. And when I think of, you know, if you listen to the two side by side and compare, it's almost like how when Chris Blackwell came and teamed up with Bob and started refreshing some of the the Whalers classics. You know what I mean? Reproducing them, adding different instruments, and putting out a sound that would appeal to a global audience. Um, that's what the reggae revival basically did in my eyes. Um, of course, there's original tracks that were produced as well, but they, it all had the vibe of of that old school vibe. Um, and then artists were able to to come out of that. Um, you know, Walshy Fire did the Start of Fire mixtape with Chronics. And, um, you know, that, that whole scene and movement took off after that, you know, ever since everywhere around the world has been producing in my, you know, in my opinion, like really quality reggae music, really heavy stuff. Doesn't all sound the same, but a lot of it is, is very good. You know what I mean? Lots of different instruments and sounds and styles coming out of australia new zealand california is crazy you know um east coast i don't know (laughs) why i'm to new york b yo it just hit me like a ton of bricks why i'm to new york 
there's uh there's no producers out here right now. Um I don't know where um Cranium is getting his rhythms from, but that's the only East Coast artist that I could think of in terms of East Coast East Coast in the United States um that has any amount of freshness. Um other than that. Right. Well, yeah. You know, last year you had um and this is she's not a regular revival artist or or a reg, you know, she's more dance hall, but you had Hood Celebrity. That's that's who I believe is New York based. Yeah, that's she's one New York song based. though. That's one song. Yeah, that is one song, but still, it got so big and got you know, from what I understand, it got so much radio play that it you know, it pretty much is a mainstream song. Like yeah, yeah, definitely. You Google my, my theory you know, with Mad her. Press. My theory mm-hmm. with her is she made uh uh, up-to-date current dance hall style track but then she was able to have the push from the states you know what i'm saying like that to me was right. a that style of that track to me was jamaica you know what i mean that that to me wasn't right. um you know a new york thing like cranium is totally to me he's very very unique you know what I'm saying? Like, it's similar to, like, Hood Celebrity is similar to Davi Magnum, right? Like, you know, yep. people wouldn't know that she launched from Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Her style is very, very nowadays dance hall, Jamaica. Right. And um, so, and then you have, last year, you have Stefan Don, Stefan Don, however you say it. You have uh, Shensia, you have Jada Kingdom, you know, there's like a slew of females that just appear like as just a, you know, a spark, just a bright spot. Yeah. And, and then shout out to Jada Kingdom rock. because hers is like totally unique, totally, totally, totally unique. You can't place right. her in any category. Yeah, man. And then now you have on your roots side so many females like we did women in reggae and that's the number one show for the new season so far by the way so thanks to all the listeners i mean i still have people are still commenting people are still sending email and feedback about that particular show that's the one that a lot of people are discovering so um big ups to you know everybody that we mentioned and didn't mention um hempress sativa and um you know now you know, you have Leela Ike, you have Savannah. That's what I've been listening to really hard, you know, lately. Listen to a lot of Leela Ike. Um, her song. She's not going to remember the name of the song now, of course. The song when she's talking about her mom, how her mom, you know, didn't want her to go to the studio and would like beat her. And you know what I'm saying? Tell her to read a psalm before she left the house and this and that. And now her mom's her biggest fan. Yeah, biggest fan. That's it. And um, I heard Wanna Day in their clash against King Addy's recent name brand sound system sound clash in Brooklyn, in Queens. And they played two Leela Ike dubs in a row. Sounded really good, too. So big ups on that. Well, they probably then, did that course, because Addy's is the one who, you know, busts her in, in, in America. But anyway. Right, right. Yeah, they were trying to play out Addie's anthems, which just obviously was a, 
a bad look. So, so here's the thing. I, I, I know we're getting into, like, we started in the history and we're kind of moving up through time. And I think what we're getting to is this, this, this thing that's come out now, controversial statement or, you know, that there's a new brand genre of Jamaican music, right? Right. Well, you know, while she took, you know, said he's, he, he said that we're on the verge, like we're on the verge of a new genre is how he put it. Yeah. And he didn't want to try to be the one to come up with the name or so, or whatever. He said that's not his place. He thinks it should be from one of the artists, um, whereas he's just a producer. So, you know what I mean? We're not going to try to come up with the name either. But I wanted to just talk all around this thing um, because I think, you know, it's still, it's just so new. And um, there are a lot of people signing on to this genre right now as we speak. And a lot of people are being drawn in by one particular artist. Which artist is that? That artist is Coffee. All right. So. And, and let me say something before I. And I, and I said people are being drawn in, but I think what's even more important or maybe more important is people who are um, re-joining the reggae brand, people who re-noticing the dance hall thing. You know what I'm saying? Because there are people who in the early 2000s, they were on it, but after that, they left. When things died down, that period that we just described, you know, they left. Some people came back when the reggae revival began. Some people still haven't come back. You know what I mean? And I think that Coffee, who is a 19-year-old artist now, who is the new reggae sensation, she her song Toast... Well, song of the year in Jamaica, 2018. And that particular song, for all intensive purposes, it's a pop song. You care to argue that? Nah. It, all right, so no, I'm not gonna argue that it's a pop song. Um, Yo, the rhythm, the song is to me. It sounds just like you know. To me, um, that's a dancehall song that happens it's that a, has pop elements because there's dancehall okay. elements. But I will agree with you that it's a pop song because many people who know music, when they comment on that song, they basically say there's something for everybody there. You know, right. whatever it is, it this that's one of the things to when we look back on this t- time period and we look back at that rhythm that Toast is on, to me, that rhythm itself is a transformative rhythm because it has dancehall elements, yet the way how it's produced, it can be consumed by people who like house music, you know, the four on the floor, that mm, mm, there's that you no know, but then because of the plucking of the the, the strings dun, 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 like that's it has dance hall elements it's it's a beautiful rhythm like to me it had, 
It has Afrobeat. It has everything. To go. It's very similar to a soca kind of sound. Dude, it's um, perfect. But look, you know, remember I was talking about how, like, you know, Ed Sheeran, Shape of You, and Justin Bieber, Sorry. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, that, uh, you know, a lot of the major laser stuff, um, stuff that Sia put out last year. The, um, the big song a lot with of Sia the top, and Sean Paul that was hitting for years. Yeah, a lot of the top 40 hits of the last five years have a Jamaican foundation, straight up, you know. But nobody talks about that. Nobody says that, yo, this is a dancehall song. You know what I mean? So I only, I'm only calling Toast a pop song just because I want to kind of like compare and contrast or kind of group it with these top 40 hits over the last five years. But this is from a real Jamaican born in Spanish town, Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? And she's, her lyrics are, I mean, it's, it's Patois. It's Jamaican Patois. Right. And it, it's, it's a callback to the time when the time you're talking about, some late 80s even it had another reemergence in the early 2000s right to where the reason why reggae music was being or dancehall reggae or whatever was being consumed at such a rate is because it was dance music and a lot of americans didn't understand the lyrics but they're able to dance to it and that's the quality that this song now has you know what i mean like right. you can't right. resist it, and and let me know when you're ready for my theory on on the what's going on in music right now. Okay, okay, but you know, I just want to. I'm not finished talking course, about. Of course, go ahead. So I don't know if you want to. No, no, no. <laughs> go ahead before, and then I could come back to coffee. Because yeah, man, you know, so she. Okay, the toast beat was produced by by Izzy Beats. Um, that's the producer. And um, so check Izzy Beats out. Um, obviously, he's a phenomenal producer, and he's got other stuff. You know, he um, he did that track, though. Uh, you know, Coffee worked with Walshy Fire um, on, you know, some of the other material that she's got out now. And the Toast has, like, over, like, 14, 15 million views on YouTube. It's just, it's bananas. And her EP called Rapture, uh, five-song EP, was released this year. Um, one thing about her is her lyrics, like, she she definitely puts a lot of the artists out to shame. I mean, any genre. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a, a study done about the, you know, about lyrical content in hip-hop music and the different words, the vocabulary right. that a lot of rappers use. Um, and you know, they're even, they're, they're now, they're new age rappers who lose, use a, a wide range of vocabulary words who some people will call mumble rappers. You know what I'm saying? It's not all nineties rap. That's only, you know what I'm saying? Good. But, you know, definitely when you examine the reggae genre and the other artists in that grouping right now, um, especially the young artists, I mean, she totally annihilates, <laughs> like most of the field lyrically um and it's not just craftiness it's just that you can tell that she she writes 
with with passion like there's no wasted words there's no wasted bars there's no filler like anywhere on any of her songs so you could take her song and break it apart and study it and you get a meaning from everything that she says just it's pretty crazy pretty sick yeah i agree i mean yeah and and yeah and so she's that is been it's been recognized by a lot of people you know she was called up on stage by coco t at rebel salute and then she was called out on stage by protege uh later was called out on stage by chronics these are three of the biggest artists coco t in history and you know protege and chronics the leaders of the reggae revival um she's been invited to do freestyles and um you know perform on different media outlets radio shows such as the bbc um just to name one you know tons of others i mean throughout the world even at this point europe england all over the states recently did a so, uh, acoustic re re lick or cover of afrobeat very popular afrobeat song she also covered uh talking blues bob marley's song which just amazing so yeah coffee and her sound combined with the production and the lyrical styles of the reggae revival artists and um you know some of the other artists that we've mentioned of today you know and, and so you know while she he you know he said that he sat down with chronics and with protege and he's actually said to them like you know i don't think what you guys are doing is reggae anymore you know what i mean it this is something else you know what i'm saying so that's what we wanted to really just put out there and and i would have to say that i'm in agreement um you know there's something about the the amount of bars that comprise a lot of these songs being different than traditional reggae and dancehall music as well and being closer to to that of hip-hop songs so you know there's a lot more lyricism in the way that they're flowing even though it's still rootical in terms of the message and the vibe you know it's just something new kind of merging dancehall and reggae and, you know, some other genres as well. All right. You know, 50 minutes in, <laughs> we got to that. Um, so my thing is this. So I believe, I believe that there's globalism, right? And because of the internet, there's a lot of different influences, right? We were talking about toast, and it's like you there's Afrobeat there, there's dance, there's reggae, there's mm -hmm. dance hall. Here's my theory, and this has been my theory for years now, with not just reggae, but any type of music. Genres are dying. Okay? Like to me, the genres genres were made up by record labels and music companies and radio stations in order to market the music to certain people and say, okay, this is this music's brand. This is who we sell it to. This is how we sell it. I believe, 
and it's been happening in hip hop. It's been happening in R and B. Like you can't tell the difference right now between hip hop and R and B. You know what I mean? Just like how right, right now, right? People say R and B died. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. People say hip hop died. People say reggae died. People say dancehall died. People say pop died. People say rock. I mean, died. even country. What else? You know, what I'm saying a lot. A lot of yeah, country. Yeah, a lot say of country, country died. artists now are rapping. You know what I mean? Like, so my whole thing is, to me, genres are dead, and just like how the music industry didn't want to accept the fact that digital was on the way and they didn't adopt, you know, and adapt to digital is the same way that the music industry right now doesn't want to admit that genres are dead. It's to me, especially as a DJ, yo, anybody like I, I encourage anybody to listen to anything, any mix that DJ AM did. I thought you were going to say DJ Agar. Before <laughs> No, no, no. DJ AM. The reason why I say that is because he could rock a crowd. He could play country, hip hop, rock. He could play everything. And it didn't matter where you're from. You were going to get rocked because of the way he did it. And that's the way that music is being produced right now. So my whole theory is genres are dead. So because of that theory, to me, Whatever is happening in reggae, dance hall, what have you, to me, you can't necessarily classify it as reggae, dance hall, one drop, this, that, or the other. To me, it's Jamaican music. You know what I mean? Like, ask any DJ. That's why they had to leave the distinction Afrobeat and go for Afro pop. Because if you hear Afro, if some, some people hear Afro beat, they think fella. Right. They think the 70s, you know. So when this new generation, Starboy and Burner Boy and all these people started coming out, it, they call it Afro beat. And they're like, hold up, Afro beat, fella. You know what I'm saying? So then they started going to Afro pop. And, and literally, there's certain Afro pop music that's literally soca. There's artists right now from Jamaica doing soca tunes with African artists. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So to yeah, me, African, there's a you lot know, of Afrobeat in dancehall, dancehall and soca, and vice versa in the mix. Right, and um, even you know the, ex- the, exact the Spanish same reggae, like, the like, Spanish dancehall, and the reggaeton too. Like it's my deal, but you know. I agree with everything you said, except the one thing that, um, you know, saying that it's it's all just Jamaican music. You know, I don't know if that's really fair or accurate because, you know, you're talking about African music, Trinidadian music, and then there's so much reggae coming out of every corner of the planet right now. You know what I'm saying? Like so many like legitimate industries of reggae coming out of just everywhere. I'll be happy to concede that point. Um, I think when I thought about that, you know, it's been like we've been heavy talking about the reggae revival, 
But when I first thought about that point, I thought about, you know, the new artists in, in quote unquote dance hall squash and the six crew and all this and, you know, Tommy Lee and Alkaline and all these people. That's what I originally thought about. But then, you know what? I'll gladly admit to you, you know, you're right. It's not just Jamaican. You know what I mean? Because, you know, there have been rhythms and productions by people from Europe, Canada, America, yeah, all over the Caribbean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that, that popular Ding Dong song where it's like literally an Afro pop rhythm, you know what I'm saying? And it's like this, to me, I don't know, this is not going to happen because the music industry is always going to want to classify things. But to me, there's no more genres. Genres yeah. are dead, you know? I, one time I, I wanted to come out with a mix like that, just like genres are yeah. dead. It, it is okay all right well you know what i think there's validity to that you know what i mean and like you said they're never gonna they're never gonna get rid of genres it's just like you know i find really um there's a couple of points right um i think about movies now and you know i'm a fan right now my favorite genre of movies is comedies you know what i'm saying there's mm -hmm. hardly any comedies coming out anymore. <laughs> like, yo, you'll go Dude, the whole year rough. and there'll be like two like legit bona fide comedies. But the thing is, all the movies are slash, 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 slash. It's action slash drama slash comedy slash whatever. Dramedy. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? You have like the... So there's comedic elements to the action movies. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is just mer really mer into one. So if you're looking for just one thing, it's like you're not really going to find it. It's like all the lines are blurred. So um, that's what comes to mind, you know, when you talk about this in terms of the music. And, um, you know, we had this conversation previously that I'll just recall where we were trying to figure out what happened to all the singers? <laughs> what happened to the singers in reggae? So there's the two questions, two calls to action. Somebody help me out. What happened to all the producers in New York? <laughs> and what happened to all the singers? You know what I'm saying? At one time, you know, we, we just went through the history. You know what I'm saying? There's like thousands of singers, okay, for every decade. Right now, there are like, there's Romaine Virgo. And Barris, you're saying it's like, yo. <laughs> Maybe Christopher Martin. Christopher, nah. Sing J that B. Taurus Riley. Singy, singy. Uh, we, that, like, yeah, we, he's we not a singer. He's a yeah. singy, singy. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the list is mad yeah, short. Your, your, your favorite, Anthony Cruz. Where is Anthony Cruz? I think Anthony Cruz son that my signal or something you know what i mean anthony cruz retired yo you know it's crazy <laughs> like yo did bitsy mclean ever come out with any music like yeah he did that but it nothing okay. nothing really because he worked with sly and robbie and you know but it's not me it's not a lot it's not that much you know so yeah randy valentine and then if anything if there are singers there would be female singers elaine is still putting stuff out She's still, I haven't heard her DJ yet, although the way she sings, some of the tune them 
almost like a Sing J thing. I don't even know what happened to Tessan and Tammy Chin. Yeah, I mean Tammy wasn't pure singer to me. Or maybe she was, but more like she was more like a pop singer to me. But I mean, we're 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 just basically I know we're reminiscing and all, but yo, this is is crazy. The singers that are out now are the singers that were out in two thousand and they were out in ninety five and they were out in ninety and it's the same guys. Coco tea half pint, you know what I mean? Like there's no new new singers. And even you talk Romaine, Romaine could rhyme and DJ and freestyle and all that. Don't get it twisted. He's just choosing to stay in that lane and preserve as kind of like a Beris, you know what I'm saying, heir to the throne. And then, you know what I'm saying, Beris had a sweet album that came out, what, this year, last year? Yo, that album floppy. Flop like Dronco Wings. Yo, I was going to send you something on Instagram, but I didn't want to be bad mind, you know what I'm saying? I saw Anthony Red Roses coming out with some new things, you know? Yo, he better make sure that he's DJing. He better make sure it's dance hall. Cause look, Anthony Malvo, I dat him that pun, you know, be. Anthony Malvo had give thanks and praises. Nice tune, yo. And it did a little thing. He pushed it really hard. But then he came out with, you're not on my level. And it's like, <laughs> yo, outside of the U.S. and the U.K., yo, there's no singers coming out. Being, yo, there's one, you know. Samori I, which is, um, yeah. So Rory, we talked about well, Rory. Yeah, Rory has a slew Rory of has women. a stable and one male. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but here's the thing, though. Like, we're talking about popular, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're talking about the potential to, like, breakthrough you know what i'm saying right. like look there's there's talented singers out there and i appreciate the work that rory's doing you know what i'm saying but i i don't think any of those artists are gonna make any type of impact anytime soon uh that's just my opinion man i know that's a big thing i love the music that he does you know it's different it's 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 based in like you know a lot of cultural elements and everything but uh, n- none of those none of those singers are going to bust way. Yeah. So, you know, the point, people, is that rap is not even a genre. You know what I mean? It's a it's a style of of delivering lyrical content, um, you know, creativity or whatever, along with different types of music and DJing. Same thing, you know, DJing is it's it's rap and it's djing across everything right now for the most part you have a few men where i sing sting and them man what <laughs> the man the all you know what i'm saying <laughs> any new but yo, most of the new artists come out it's crazy man so it's been a great conversation yo yo i'll tell you i forgot how a good that episode was man i really enjoyed that conversation right there bro yeah, man. I, I've definitely been honing my skills, you know, have to get my debate chops up being the co-host on this show because you come across with a lot of knowledge and facts and I, I come across with a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we lay a, a good tapestry, man, and leaves you coming away with some good edutainment usually. So on that note, this is 
a movement dedicated to reggae lovers and for the upcoming season, which is going to start around July 2020. You're going to hear a lot of um, new fresh voices visiting the show um, alongside ourselves. And one of the things that we have recently done is launched a new website, new web presence, which you can find at reggaelover.com or reggaeloverpodcast.com. This is something that when you want to share an episode, when you want to share the show, it's very easy to do this with this site. So you can link it from our Facebook, our Instagram, easy to remember, reggaelover.com. Whatever platform anybody listens to, they'll be able to click somewhere on that page and just start listening right away, right? You know, immediately from whatever device they're on, as long as they have the internet. Yeah, man, I like the fact that, uh, you know, you have basically every platform on there. And plus, you can you can subscribe to the RSS feed and all of that. So, you know, there's no excuse not to be connected with us. You know, please stay connected. And uh, thank you again. Subscribe to the email list. Yeah, and then when this thing opens back up, you never know. We might be popping into a city near you. That's the word on the streets right here. Please be safe. Uh, please enjoy your summertime vibes right now. And um, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Oh, you stole my line. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. That's Peace. right. Hashtag BLM. Hashtag Reggae Reform. <laughs> Let's get that started. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Peace. For booking of Highlander Sound, 404-552-0492 or email reggaeloverpodcast at gmail.com. Visit Highlander Sound on the web at reggaelover.com. Follow at H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-A on Twitter. Follow at K-A-H-L-I-L-W-O-N-D-A on Instagram. And like Facebook.com slash Highlander Music for more information. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations in these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Pita Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there... I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can 
actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. 